Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is your host, Saul Weinreb. We are about to begin the study of chapter 7 of Isaiah. This is podcast 7a. In this chapter, we will be introduced to an aspect of Yeshayahu, Isaiah's thoughts and teaching that we haven't yet been exposed to, although I did give you a heads up in the introduction to Isaiah. This is the political philosophy of Yeshayahu, most specifically how he viewed what the appropriate foreign policy should be for the nation of God. <clears throat> it shouldn't be surprising to us at all what Yeshayahu thought about these matters. In his view, it was the job of the Jewish people to have allegiance to only one leader, and that is God himself. Every other segment of the leadership, whether that is the religious leadership in the form of the priests and the temple functionaries, or the king and his armies and his courts, all <coughs> should be subservient to God alone, and all of their actions should be guided by this idea. As such, Ishayahu believed that we should never be voluntarily subservient to any other nation because that would always mean becoming subject to and paying tribute to their values, which are always going to be values that we do not share and indeed are corrupt and against our entire purpose of existence as a nation. Ishayahu was not a fool. He understood very well the geopolitics of his day, and he understood very well the power and the danger of the kingdoms that threatened Judah. But he was also aware that if the nation of Judah were to give up on their entire purpose of existence, the purpose which was to be an example of something new to the world, a nation devoted to morality and justice in the name of a single universal God, that Judah would simply get swallowed up along with all the other myriads of small kingdoms that have come and gone throughout human history. As we be we can now begin the chapter with verse one. It was in the days of King Ahaz, the son of Yotam, son of Uziyahu, the king of Judah, that there camped against him an alliance of Ritzin, the king of the kingdom of Aram, which is roughly in modern-day Syria, Upekach ben Rumaliyahu, King Pekach, who is the king of the northern kingdom of Israel, at war against Jerusalem, but they were unable to conquer uh, Judah or Jerusalem. <clears throat> it seems that Judah was strong enough to withstand the initial attack, presumably because its fortifications and defenses were able to hold off the invaders. We do know from contemporaneous sources and history what was going on here, that the Assyrian kingdom was at that time advancing throughout the Middle East and threatening all smaller kingdoms in its path. We also know from inscriptions that it was actually four kingdoms that allied themselves with the intent of holding off the Assyrians. It was the two kings mentioned above, uh, Ritzin the king of Aram and Pekach the king of Israel, plus the king of the kingdom of Tyre, which is roughly in modern-day Lebanon, and the king of Aza, roughly where Gaza is today. <coughs> All four of these kings naturally wanted to bring the kingdom of Judah as well into their alliance so that they can counter the Assyrian invaders. However, King Ahaz was resisting joining their alliance. As we know from Kings 2, chapter 16, that Ahaz had actually already sworn allegiance to Tiglath-Pileser, who was the king of Assyria at the time. Though from the context of at least the beginning of this chapter, it seems that Yeshayahu, himself was initially, at least, unaware that Ahaz had already chosen sides. 
The verse continues, God David Lemar, Nocha Aram Alephraim, it was told to the house of David, the king's king Ahaz and his court, that Aram, Ritzin, had allied themselves with Ephraim, which is a reference to the kingdom of Israel. And now they saw they weren't only fighting the northern kingdom, but they were fighting this large alliance. And they were naturally scared and afraid of this large alliance of nations. And God told Isaiah, God told him, Go out to greet the king, you and your son, Sha'ar Yashuv. Go out to the edge of the um, flow of water where the upper pool lands, where there's a field where people would wash their clothes. Go meet Ahaz there. And bring your son Sha'ar Yashuv along. It's unclear why God told him to bring his son Sha'ar Yashuv along. One suggestion is that um, the meaning of Sha'ar Yashuv's name, which is one of Yeshayahu's sons, is that the remainder shall return. He named his son that to allude to the fact that the remainder of Israel will one day return to God. It's possible that he wanted Ahaz to get the hint from his son's presence that there's still a chance for him to return to God and that, um, uh, that this was the reason why God told him. The um, Amarta I love, and you should tell Ahaz as follows. He shall mer gate. You should be guarded and be quiet. Altira, don't be afraid of this alliance. Don't let your heart get soft and scared. From these two smoking stubs of firebrands. On the count of the raging anger of these two, that they're angry, they're coming to get you, they want you to join them. Don't be afraid of them. Why? Because you should know that Aram, the king of the Arameans, and the king Pekach of the Israelites, the northern kingdom. They have plotted against you and said as follows, let's go up to Judah, let's chop it out, meaning let's kill their king. Then we could bring them into alliance with us. And then we will place the son of Taval, Ben Taval, we'll place him as the king of Judah and he will be a friendly to us. There's various explanations as to who this Ben Taval was. Most likely, um, the we know from contemporaneous conscriptions, not from Nach, that one of the four kings that were in this alliance was the king of Tyre, and his name was Tubael, Taval. Presumably, he had a son that they felt if they would put him in his place in Judah, then he would be friendly to them. But God says, Isaiah tells Ahaz, it will not happen. It will not work. Don't worry. Remember that Judah had already successfully resisted the initial attack. And Ishayahu was telling them to remain that way, continue to resist, and don't worry. Why? Because the chief city of Aram is Damascus, and this, the chief of Damascus is Ritzin. And in 65 years, Israel will cease to be a kingdom. 
the head of the of the, the capital city of Israel is Shomron. So Verosh Shomron ben Merayao, and they have a king named Merayao. I'm going to translate those last few words in a moment. But first, what is Isaiah saying here? What he's saying is the heads of those nations that are attacking you, Aram and Israel, they're just human beings. They're just people. They're just Pekach and Ritzin. And they're just capitals of cities that are just cities, cities that are no different than any other city. They don't stand for anything special. They're just a city with a king. They will easily be defeated by the powerful Assyrians because the Assyrians are much more powerful and much more strong. Why he said in 65 years is unclear because it's clear that historically it happened much sooner. But the Radak explains that Isaiah is referring back to a prophecy spoken by the prophet Amos years earlier who predicted the downfall of Israel by Assyria. And that was 65 years before the event. And Isaiah was just reminding Ahaz that God has already told us that Israel was going to fall to the Assyrians. So you don't have to worry about them. But remember, the point that he's making here is that they're just cities. Cities with kings, they're people. You have something else. You have faith in God. You will stand against this onslaught because you have a values, you have values and a purpose beyond just being just another city with just another king. That's why he says, If you do not believe me, if you do not trust what I'm saying, in other words, if you do not, not trust what God is saying, because I'm saying this in the name of God, it is because you are not trustworthy people before God. Just like, remember, we said back in the beginning of Isaiah, how Isaiah lamented, a donkey knows his master's trough, but Yisrael lo yoda. Israel doesn't know who their master is. Isaiah is telling them, if you continue on this path, if you are not trustworthy to God, that's the reason why you won't believe me and you won't trust me, and that's the why you'll end up capitulating to the enemy, and that will ultimately be your destruction. But if you understand that you have a purpose much beyond the purpose that all these other nations have, which are simply just nations with cities with kings, but you're so much more than that. And that's the message that Yeshayahu is trying to convey to King Ahaz. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Looking forward to finishing this chapter 7 in the next podcast, 7B.